a dead God, but a living God. A God that's living in you. A God that's living in me. A God that's here. I believe God God is here to speak to you tonight. I I, want to tell you, if you've come to hear from a man, you're going to be disappointed. Because there's not much that I can say that's going to edify you, that's going to instruct you, that's going to help you make it in this journey. Oh, but if he comes, if he comes and takes the vessel, but you know, not only does he have to take the man of God uh, uh, behind the desk, but he has to take your vessel. He has to know it your ears. He has to know it your heart. You got to open up and say, God, I'm here. Lord, whatever you'd have to say to me. Lord, if I need to be rebuked. Lord, I've come to the house of correction. I'm here to be corrected. Lord, Lord, if there's wicked ways in my heart, search me, oh God. Find if there's any wicked way in me. Oh, look, when we start to think that we got it all right and that we're doing everything just perfect, watch out now. Oh, but there ought to be a hunger in our heart to be more like Him. Lord, show me how I can be more like You, Lord. I can be more humble. Oh, Lord, help me with my pride, Lord. Help me to be an effective witness. I believe it's services like this where God comes by our way and starts to deal with our heart. We start to have communion. And He starts to lead us and guide us and teach us. Oh, we start to learn a little bit more about Him. Amen. Amen. We're just so happy to be here, just humbled uh, by the invitation from our precious brother Tim. And uh, we just bring you greetings from our pastor, brother David McGeary, and the saints there in Bedford, Texas at Christian Life Tabernacle. I believe I saw a few of the home folk here that made it over, so I'm sorry you have to hear me again, but, but you know, we're, we're not looking to a man, we're looking to God. So let's just go ahead and turn in our Bibles. We're going to be reading out of 1 John chapter 5. Just a little thought that God laid on my heart. I pray that it's a blessing to you. Amen. There's so many dear friends here and, and it would just take a long time to tell how much each one of you mean to me. But we're just uh, so thankful to be here. I was just thinking on the way over here um, and really was just marveling in my heart how uh, just through the years of fellowship, you know, and, and going to the camps and, and I just started thinking about the grace of God because, you know, there there, there was a time at, at Louisiana camp where I gave my heart to the Lord at, at the age of 12 and I had a wonderful experience uh, there and God did something uh, supernatural for me to where I, I knew that God was real. I couldn't deny that, but I didn't get the Holy Ghost. And so it wasn't a few years later that Brother Tim was asking me to leave the campgrounds. And, and you know, he, I, I was such a, such a wild child that uh, he, didn't, he didn't think it was worth having me there. You know, I, I wasn't abiding by the rules and, and rightfully so. He asked, he asked us not to stay on the grounds and I was just thinking about that, you know, that uh, the grace of God to see that I would stand here today, but it's, it's his grace, it's his mercy, that, that, that he can take a heart and he can take a life and he can change it and he can set it on fire for him. That's what we just want to fellowship with you a little, little about the, what, God has, what God has put on our heart. Amen. So 1 John chapter 5, verse, 
10, it reads, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record, that God hath given up to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life, that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Amen. That's, that's the secret right there. It has to be according to His will. And if we know that He hears us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of Him. Heavenly Father, we just thank You, Lord, for Your wonderful grace and Your mercy that You have shown unto us. Lord, we thank You for Your presence here. We thank You for each one that has gathered. Lord, we ask a blessing upon Your Word. We surrender ourselves to You now, Lord, that You would just come and break the bread of life as only You can. We ask it in your precious name, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Man, I just want to speak to you a little bit about uh, possessors of eternal life. Possessors of eternal life. You know, and as we're, we're on the cusp of, of, a, of a new year, it's New Year's Eve, and you know, many people, uh, they, they make their New Year's resolutions, and, and they make promises, you know, only soon to, to break those promises. But I'm so thankful that when God gives a promise... It will never fail. We know that heavens and earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. You know, but sometimes uh, in our human nature, you know, we we feel like it's a a fresh start. We know that uh, dates and times and and seasons, they mean things and certain dates, uh, you know, mark certain events in our life. And some of those dates are are wonderful. Some of those we rejoice in and some of those uh, bring discouragement or they bring uh, mourning it reminds us of lost, lost loved ones and certain things. And so uh, sometimes, you know, we, we look to a new year and, and uh, we feel like it's a fresh start and that we're starting over. But most of the time, you know, that perspective wears off after just a couple weeks. No, it doesn't take long because you find out when you go into the new year, you've just taken the same problems. You've just taken the same nature. Uh, uh, the same history is there. The only thing that's really changed is the calendar. But you're, you're, still, you're still struggling with the same things. You're still facing the same things. But, it, but in my heart, though, if, if we can be a possessor of eternal life, right. if we can have the baptism of the Holy Ghost and fire residing in us, then you have everything. Amen. Then you have a right. You have a right to every promise that God has given. You have the abstract to the title deed. Yeah. And that's what it means to be a possessor of eternal life. You have God living inside of you. Oh my, when you got God living inside of you, that's what it's all about. Oh, you say, Brother Matthew, uh, you're talking about a mortal man now. You're, you're, we're, we're just, yes, you can have Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever living in your skin. And that's why we come to hear the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as you feed on that word, uh, that seed of God that he placed on the inside of you. Oh, before the foundation of the world, as that word comes forth, it starts to birth inside of you alive. Oh, that's what the message is doing. It's bringing forth that very attribute seed gene of God that he placed there before the foundation of the world. And you start to hear from your theophany. You start to hear from another world. You start to hear from the scriptures and from the Bible, from the message that's telling you, no, that's not the way it is. It wasn't so from the
beginning. You're not a sinner. You're not an even. You're not a drunkard. You're not a cast down. That's not who you are. But I've called you my son. I've put my life inside of you. And if you'll just put yourself in a place to hear the word of God, that life will start to be manifested. It'll start to rise up and say yay and amen to every promise of God. And you'll find that it's none other than him living through you, performing the same works that he did when he walked on the shores of Galilee. That's the God we're talking about. That's the message we're talking about. We're talking about a living God, living in flesh once again in a bride. Oh, hallelujah. That's what we've been called to. But we, the devil's a liar. Oh, he wants to keep looking at your past. He wants to keep pointing to your failures. Right? Look, that's, that's, the, that, that's the hard thing. Oh, if we could forget. My, that helped so much, Brother Tim. If we could just forget. But praise God, he can forget. So many times we approach him over. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. Over the same things. And what does he say every time? What are you talking about? It. You never did it in the first place. You're justified. You know, and as I was just thinking about the new year, I, I was recalled to my remembrance that I had told my wife, I said, I can't wait for 2020. And I started to think to myself, you know, I, I can't remember in my, my Christian walk ever have, having said that before. Um, but something in me was, was, was longing maybe for change. Something what was longing for that next step. Something was, was longing to be further removed from the heartache and from the trials. Because, you know, the, the, the year 2019 uh, has been a, a year of trials. It's been a year of difficulty. Uh, we've lost loved ones and, and we've had hard trials and personal things uh, that we've endured. And, you know, that's part of the Christian life. We, we go through those seasons doesn't mean God's against you, but he uses those things. Praise God, we have a promise that he's using all those things for our good. And one thing struck me years ago uh, uh, when we lost a precious family member. Uh, I, I, I caught the revelation uh, greater than ever that good's coming. I was like, Lord, this, this hurts so hard. Uh, uh, you know, how could this be for my good? But then it struck me. That means good's coming. When you're going through the trials and you're going through the circumstances and things really look hard, I want you to know you have a promise from God that good's coming. Why? Because he said so. You know, in my heart, as I, as I was thinking about that, uh, early in the year, uh, year uh, we had found out that we were expecting a, 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 uh, a baby boy by God's grace. And you know, when I found that out, just because of the, the trials we'd been going through in my heart, I just thought, you know, this, 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 is, this, is a, this means victory. God's given me a son. And I just felt like, you know, in my heart, you know, th- this is victory. God's given me a joy. He's, he's given me, he's given me uh, uh, arrows in my quiver. I was, I was just thinking in my heart, my, I just feel like his name will mean victory. And so as the, as the uh, time went on and we were getting ready and making preparations, you know, I kept looking for names and that meant victory and I, I, I couldn't find anything and I really only found two. I found Victor which means victory. And I found Ziggy, which means victorious peace. And I thought, what a name. 
I was like, man, so, it, it, you know, I, I joked about it so much that, you know, my friends and people in church started saying, how's Ziggy doing? And I, I brought it on myself, and that's okay. It had a good name. But, you know, we, we didn't find maybe something that we felt quite right, but then I settled on, on some, I came across the name Evan. And, and Evan means God is gracious. And I thought, well, you know, I, I really feel settled in my heart on this name. And, and so, uh, you know, maybe it'll be his middle name or, or something like that. So we just kept pressing Pressing forward, and as the, as the date became uh, closer for delivery, we went into the labor process, and, and uh, uh, God has uh, really emboldened my wife's faith to have a, a home delivery, which we were, we were blessed to also have that with um, Kaylee, our second-born daughter. And, you know, as the time drew nigh, we started to uh, go into the labor process and everything was, was going well. Everything was going great. And then it kind of struck me as the father, I have a responsibility to name this kid. <laughs> and as we, were, as we were in the labor process and, and everything was going good, uh, in, in my heart, I just, I just said to the Lord, I said, Lord, I thought his name was supposed to mean victory. And I just felt the Lord speak back to me. He said, what greater victory is there than the grace of God? Oh my, and in my heart, maybe that was just for me personally. But I started to think about it. What greater victory is there than the grace of God? I was like, it's all grace. Look, any victory you have in your life, it's because the grace of God. Oh my, I started to rejoice in that. And I I told my wife, I I said, I said, honey, I believe the Lord's confirmed his name to me, his, his name. And, and it wasn't shortly after that, that it seemed uh, uh, things had changed. Um, they, 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 they were monitoring the heart rate just right and everything was going just fine. But all of a sudden you could tell the looks on the, on the faces of the midwives and those that were assisting with the equipment. Uh, all of a sudden the baby's heart rate had, had dropped down. And you could be, see they became concerned. And they, they started to want to, to go into uh, different um, actions and, and um, started to change things. And then they couldn't find any heartbeat at all. And that's when you could tell that fear tried to come on the scene. You could tell an atmosphere showed up. And it just so happens it was my father's birthday that day. And all of a sudden in your mind, what, what was looking to be such a joyous opportunity, what was looking to be such a blessing, all of a sudden uh, the devil's right there to say, this is, this is what it's going to be. But you know, in my heart, I said, perfect love, perfect love cast out fear. Perfect love cast out fear. You know, and, and they, they, had, they, had, uh, they had caught the heart rate at a very low rate one more time, but then it, 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 it dove back off, and that's when you could see that they were alarmed, they were going into desperation, and the midwife, she said, call 911. And so they called 911, and there my, there's my wife, and, and as we were just uh, uh, coaching her through the process, I, I recalled that I kept telling her, you know, she, 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 she would say, I, I can't do it. And I would just reassure her, you know, just being a good husband, uh, uh, honey, you can do all things through Jesus Christ that strengthens you. But I didn't realize that, that she, was just, she, was, she was telling me that something is not right in the body. It's not letting the baby come down. There's something not right. And so the call for 911 went out. And I called my mom. I said, Mom, I said, they've, they've called 911. Things, 
uh, things that aren't going as, as scheduled, I need you to pray. And they had made that call at 1.32 a.m. on October 27th. They made a call out for help. And no doubt there was a good and able men and women that were ready to respond to that call of 911. But I was so thankful that wasn't my only call. I didn't have to leave it up to the agency of man. But I have a high priest who can be touched by the feeling of my infirmity. And I laid my hands on my wife according to a divine promise. I said, Lord, you said that if we lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. And I'm approaching you now as your son. And I'm asking you, Lord Jesus, to come right now on the scene and touch my wife. Oh, that call went out at 1.32 a.m. And by the grace of God, I had a son born three minutes later. At 1.35, God blessed me with a healthy baby boy named Evan. Oh, what was it? It was God, rich in mercy. It was His grace that came on the scene. Oh, we rejoice God for that. That, that, that's, that. God loves you. He cares for you. He's there for you in a time of trouble. And I, they asked me, you know, what's his middle name going to be? And I, I'd always liked Matthew, but I said I wanted to give God a chance. You know, and right when he said, right when I said that, the Lord brought Ephesians 2.8 to my heart. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. And Matthew means gift of God, and Evan means grace of God. So I have an Ephesians 2.8 baby by his grace. Amen. But, but you know, that was a right. Because I, I'm, a, I'm an abstract holder. He said, if you lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. It's a divine promise. Amen. So we're just speaking to you about possessors of eternal life. And possessor means one who has legal or rightful claim to ownership. That's what a possessor is. And I just want to jump into a, a, a quote, a uh, mid-quote really here out of the church age book. Brother Branham's dealing with the cycle of the wheat plant, uh, how, how it's a carrier of the life until it comes back to the original seed again. And he says here, the Sardesian church age, he says, uh, you have a perfect type of that in Israel leaving Egypt. They came out about two million strong, all escaped through the sac- sacrificial blood, all were baptized in the Red Sea, all came out of the water enjoying the Holy Spirit, manifestations and blessings, all ate angel food, all drank from the rock that followed them. Yet except for very few, they were not but carriers for the children who should follow them and go into Canaan land. That's a very important uh, 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 type to see there. All Israel is not Israel. And all but a tiny minority had their names blotted out of the book of life. We have the same right today in the church. Names are going to be blotted out of the book of life. No names will be blotted out of the book of eternal life for that is another record though contained in the book of life. This is the record. God hath given us eternal life and this life is in his son. He that hath the son hath life eternal and he that hath not the son hath not life eternal. And those who have that life were in him before the foundation of the world. They were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. That great royal seed, Jesus Christ, was planted. He died and that life that was in him came up through the wheat plant and is reproducing itself in multitudes of wheat seeds having the same life in them 
and being like the original because by spirit they are original. Now we can see why the redeemed bought back original owner, bride. She was in him as Eve was in Adam. Cannot ever have her member names taken off that record. She is part of him. She is in the throne. She can never be judged. Everyone in the bride is a member of him and he loses none. Oh my, doesn't that give you a peace? To know that you are a part of God and your name can't be taken off of that record. This is the record that we have eternal life. We are possessors of eternal life because he placed your name on the Lamb's book of life before the foundation of the world and he loses none of them. And maybe just for setting forth a little background just to uh, maybe build a foundation here as we, we look at Adam. You know, God had created Adam in his image. And God had breathed the breath of life into his nostrils and then he was a living soul. And, and Adam had power. He had dominion over the earth. He was a miniature God. He had complete control and authority over all of the earth. He was a possessor of eternal life. Look, God didn't create Adam to die. God doesn't create sons and daughters to die, but He creates sons and daughters to live with Him eternal because you are always in Him. You are always in His thoughts from the very beginning. And so now as Adam, you know, he has power and dominion over the earth. Uh, 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 but God had given his word. And the prophet said he gave, his, he gave his children the best thing that he could give them. And that was his word. Amen. God gives his children his word. He said if, if the best thing he could give them, it was his word. And, and that's exactly what he's given us. He, he gave us the best thing he could give us. And that is his word. But there was a law there. He told him, the day you eat thereof, that day you shall die. And we know that Satan, you know, first uh, uh, Nicodemus was found in him there in the stars when he, he wanted to exalt himself above God and he wanted a bigger, brighter kingdom than Michael. And iniquity was found in him. He was cast down. So what did he do? He came and started to uh, preach his gospel to Eve. His science, his education, his reasoning. And he got Eve to do what? Disbelieve just one word. The prophet talks about how Eve wasn't just a a reprobate and didn't believe in God. She was a believer. She believed the word. She believed in God. But he got her to come out from the protection of the full word of God. And that's where he had her. And that's exactly what he's trying to get us to do. That's exactly what he tries to get you when he gets you tripped up in your besetting sins and your failures. He wants to tempt you. He wants to preach his gospel to you and get you to step out from the protection of the word. And then he has you. But I want to read a little little quote here just to come down a little bit further. In Satan's Eden, the prophet says, she pulled off the holy veil to see what sex really was, what lust would really would do. She pulled the veil from off her eyes. The holy thing that God put over her eyes, she wanted knowledge to know what it was all about. She pulled the veil off to see what it was all about. She listened to the devil and notice what a place it put her in. She listened to the devil and notice what kind of place it puts you in. Look, the devil just wants you to see what it's all about. Oh my goodness, he'll show you so many advertising campaigns. He'll show you so many uh, uh, clickbait things. If you're online and you're looking at the sports or whatever it is, look, he's very crafty in the way he tries to get your attention. 
He'll try to get your curiosity. What is this news story? Or what's going on in my town? Or what really happened there? And he'll get you to start to feed on those things. And if you're not careful, it's Satan preaching his gospel to you to get you to come see what it's all about. And he just wants you to start to listen for a little while. You know, there's a spirit like that that's going around that is attacking the message. That wants you just to come see what it's all about. Uh, uh, did what the prophets say about how many died on the bridge? Is, there, is that really how many? Is that really what happened about the cloud over in Arizona? Well, why don't we just get together and reason a little bit about it? Why don't we we're brothers? Oh, come on. Why can't we talk about it? That's the devil trying to get you curious to come see what it's all about. No different than what Balaam did to the children of Israel. He sent out an invitation, did he not? Oh, and what did they say? Well, what's wrong with a little fellowship? Uh, A little fellowship didn't hurt nobody. Got them out from behind the protection of the word. And that's exactly where Satan can get you. If he can get you to transgress the word and make you subject to the penalty of law and death, then he has a right to you. Then he can start to pour it on you. Oh, you wonder... You wonder why sometimes we're going through the things that we're going through. It's because we're stopping and we're listening to the devil. We got a little curiosity and we want to see what it's all about. Look, young friends, maybe you're so excited that church is at 7 today. You got enough time to come to church and make it to your New Year's Eve party that, that they've invited you to. Oh, Brother Matthew. No, you don't understand. Uh, uh, they, they know that I'm different. They know that I'm different. They know that I don't drink. They know that I don't smoke. I'm different. I'm being a witness to them. They respect me. I want you to know they have as much respect for you just as much as the serpent had for Eve. Just enough respect to have you stay a little while. Just enough respect to make you feel comfortable. Just enough respect to tell you, oh, that's fine. You're okay the way you are. Just keep coming onto our grounds. You got no business being over there. You got no business hanging out with the world. You go hanging out with the world, you're going to find out that Satan will sow his seed of death inside of you and you'll find yourself in the same exact position that Eve found herself in. Oh, we're a called out people. We're a peculiar people. We're set aside. We are different. We act different. We live different. We talk different. You got no business over there. But understand, that's what Satan's trying to do. He's trying to offer you an invitation. You know, and us grown-ups and us adults and and us that's been serving the Lord 20 years plus, we ain't got no excuse. We we, we can't say, but I can can handle it, Brother Tim. You know, I can go go, uh, read through these news stories and everything. Why are we reading about this crazy stuff anyways? It, it, it It only makes your spirit feel contaminated. But whatever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, think on these things. We're giving all our time to the things of the world and the devil trying to bait us into nonsense. When there the Lord is sitting there with dirty feet, he's just longing for a little fellowship. He's longing for a little communion. He's longing for his bride to come to him and have worship and communion with him. And we're frolicking around with the things of the world. Oh, all things are, are, are lawful but not expedient. Yeah, just, just, because, just because it doesn't appear to be sin doesn't mean it's not wrong. But if it's getting between you and the Lord Jesus Christ, it's an idol. 
And we let news, we let games, we let hobbies. Come on now. Look, it's going home time. It's time to go on a rapture. It's time to go on a body change. We want to be feeding on the revealed word of the hour. We want to be on our knees praying for our brothers and sisters that are in need, that are going through hardship and trial, that have lost loved ones. We should be on our knees crying out to God, crying out for the abominations. We should be seeking His face. Oh, God. Uh, but we're, 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 we're seeking more knowledge, more theology, more understanding, more understanding about our community and the news and, and, and what's going on in politics. Well, what did, what, did, what did this guy say and what did that guy say? I'm, I'm glad I'm so ignorant. I, can't, I don't know what they're saying anyway, so I can't even get involved because I don't even know what they're involved in. I just know they're all liars. More than likely, they're all going to hell unless they repent and find the baptism of the Holy Ghost and hear the message and get converted. And praise God, I'll call my brother. Well, that's the truth anyhow. But we ought to have our eyes focused and centered on Jesus Christ. Can't be falling for this nonsense. These attractions and this... See what it's all about from the devil. James 1.15 says, Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. We need to be very vigilant, church. Young people, you need to be very vigilant. The prophet said behind everything, there's a spirit, motive, and objective. And if you have friends and you have associates, look, I understand we, we, we are to be witnesses and we are, we are Jesus Christ to a sick and dying world. And there's a way that you go about conducting yourself to be a witness to the world. I say, pray God, give us discernment to know whether it's a trap or what the devil's trying to do. Praise God, we have a message. A message that's exposed the lies of the devil. Exposed as false doctrine, as false creeds. We have a message that's given us rapture and faith. That's helping us rise above all the fanaticism. That's helping us rise above all the belief. Amen? That's what it's doing. The prophet said in, in, in spiritual food and do see it's going to take a greater faith than there was in any age. Right. It's going to take rapturing faith to be, to be raised up out of here. Right. Right. Oh, praise God. He's given us a word to produce rapturing faith. He's given us a message. So just following along these lines about Adam. So Eve comes to Adam and now Adam. You know, he, 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 he's, 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 he's playing the, the part. He's acting out the part of Christ there and taking Eve, his bride, back to himself, taking on sinful flesh, exactly what Jesus Christ did for us. But I just want to turn a corner here, and that's what we find here in Revelation chapter 5. Verse 1, it says, And I saw on the right hand of him that sat on the throne a book written within, and on the back side sealed with seven seals. The prophet says in the breach, he says, What is it doing there in the hands of God? It's waiting for redemption claim." Adam had full power. He had full authority. He, he, he had the title deed to, to eternal life into the earth. But he lost that when he stepped out from the protection of the word. And the prophet said that it went back into the hands of the owner. And when you come there to the chapter 5 of Revelation, you find uh, John. He's been, he's been caught up. Uh, he says, come up hither, John. And he, he sees one sitting upon the throne there. And there's a little book sitting in his hand. This mysterious book of redemption What is it doing there? It's waiting for redemption claim. 
and out of the breach. Brother Branham says, and John in the spirit standing up here in heaven, he'd just been lifted up now from the church ages, saw the church ages, and then he was taken up in the fourth chapter. He said, come up higher. I'm going to show you things that will come. And he saw one sitting upon the throne with a book in his hand, in his right hand. Think of it. Now and then this book was a title deed to redemption. It was sealed with seven seals. And then an angel come forth, strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the book, to take the book? Who is able to open the seals? Who is able to open this book? The angel asked, John saw and he said, now who is worthy? Let him, oh my, maybe I'm just feeling it's this way. Let him, said the angel, let him. Oh, I just think it's so wonderful here. Uh How, How the prophet is saying that, knowing that he just met seven angels in a constellation that told him to go back and preach the revelation of the seven seals. And he says, here is the book of redemption. Here is the plan of redemption. Here is the only way you'll ever be redeemed. For there is the title deed to redemption of the whole heavens and earth. Let him come forward if he will. Who's this one that can come forward? But there's a law. It could be a kinsman redeemer. The law in Leviticus 25, 25, if you want to read that with me. It says, if thy brother be waxen poor and hath sold some of his possession, and if any of his kin come to redeem it, then shall he redeem that which his brother sold. Amen. Oh my, but none of us could pay the price. Right. Oh yeah. There was no man worthy. There was no one able. We were all in debt. Right. We're all in debt to sin. We're all in debt to sin and unbelief. You, you, when you're in debt, how can you take on somebody else's debt? There's no way to reconcile the debt. And so the law is calling for a kinsman redeemer. But the scripture says in Revelations 5, 4, it says that I wept much because no man was found worthy to open to read the book, neither to look thereon. The angel there, he's, he's calling. Is there a kinsman redeemer? Will the kinsman redeemer come forward? Is there one? He says he, he looked in heaven, he looked in the earth, he looked on the earth, and there was no man found worthy that could take the book. Amen. Oh, and one of my favorite scriptures is Revelations chapter 5. Verse 5. Here, the angels proclaiming. Is there a kinsman redeemer to come forth? The prophet said, oh, Elijah was there, Moses was there, they were all there, all the sages of old, Job. They were all there standing. Oh, good men, uh, uh, God had used mightily. But no man was able to take that book. And there in Revelations chapter 5 verse 5 it says, And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah. The root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Oh, the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed. He's overcome. He has conquered both death, hell, and the grave. He's taken the keys and he's ascended back into heaven. Hallelujah. And I love that. Do you know that you were in him when he ascended? That you are now seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. And when he looked around to see where the lion was, he saw a lamb. Strange. Look for a lion and see a lamb. An elder called him a lion. 
But when John looked, he saw a lamb. A lamb as it had been slain from the foundation of the world. A lamb having been slain, what was it? What was that lamb? It was bloody, wounded. A lamb that had been slain but was alive again. And he was bloody. Oh my. How can you look at that folks and remain a sinner? Lamb stepped up. The elder, a lion has overcome. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And John looked to see the lion. And there come a lamb shaking. Blood on him. Wounds. He had prevailed. You could tell he had been in a battle. He had been slain. But he was alive again. Oh, you could tell he had been in a battle. I want to ask, is there anybody that's going through a battle? Is somebody here going through a trial? Is there somebody that's crying out for healing? Is there somebody that's crying out for a loved one? Come on now. Is there a need upon your heart? Are you going through something right now? Oh my, is there something that's got you so discouraged? Look, the prophet said it. When you get discouraged is when the devil can really pour it on for, to, to you. But here this, this, this wounded, bleeding, shaking lamb. He was fighting a battle. Whose battle was he fighting? Come on now. Whose battle was he fighting? Whose trial was he fighting on behalf? He was fighting for you. He was fighting for you. He was fighting your battle. Back when he put his arms up there on Calvary and he spread them forth, he said, it is finished. I want you to know whatever trial, whatever battle, whatever sickness you're going through, it is finished because he said so. He's been fighting your battles. He was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. He knew the problem you were going to be going through. Come on now. You think he's up there wringing his hands right now like, oh, I didn't see that coming. My goodness, I, I, I need to think of another plan because the one I had just ain't working out quite right. No, sir, God allows us to go through trials. He allows us to go through seasons. I love a, a statement that Brother Branham says in the church age book. He said that Adam couldn't freely come and partake of the tree of life because it hadn't been made flesh yet. And I, I was just thinking about that, you know, and, and, and got to thinking about Jesus Christ and the attributes of God that he had in him. You know, Adam didn't need a savior. Adam didn't need a redeemer. Adam didn't need a healer. No, he was made in the image of God. He had full power and full authority over all the earth. He couldn't fellowship with God on those things. He couldn't fellowship with God on those bases. Oh, but God, through a sovereign plan of redemption, he allowed you to come by the way of sinful flesh that he might be able to express his love to you. He might be able to express his attributes to you. And that wounded lamb was fighting your battles, a kinsman redeemer. Oh, how you could worship and love, worship him in truth, knowing that he died for you. He paid the price of sin for you. Oh, we ought to be the happiest people in the world to know that our names are written on the Lamb's book of life. To know that this whole plan of redemption is about you. Oh, sure, the church world wants to lay claim on it. But they're imposters if they don't come to the revealed word of the hour. Makes me think of Isaiah 4. They all, they all want to lay claim to Jesus Christ just to take away the reproach. And it says, let us be called by thy name. But we're going to eat our own bread. We're going to dress the only way we want to dress. We're just going to go live any way we want to live. But let me identify with the blood at Calvary. 
Let me identify with the lamb, the one that was fighting his bat- b- battles. Let me identify with that, but I'm going to go live any kind of way I want to live. Now, that's the church world. And if we're not careful, we let that spirit get on us. But no. No, when you come to the revelation of Jesus Christ taking your place. Oh, when you come to a new birth. When you come to the altar. And Jesus Christ comes by your way. And you feel that burden of sin you've been packing around your whole life. All of that guilt, all of that bondage, everything that's been holding it down and you feel him just take it all away and he delivers you and peace comes on uh, to you and you've delivered all oh my, it should create such a worship. It should create such a sincerity in your heart that Lord, whatever you say, Lord, I'll do it. I'll follow you wherever you go, Lord. Let me just live a life that's pleasing to you because you've done everything for me. Oh, hallelujah. He was wounded for your transgressions. He was bruised for your iniquities. And by his stripes, you are healed. Romans 5, 8 says, But God commended his love towards us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You realize that he made a way for all of your problems and your trials before you ever had them. When you can start to rest in the divine promise and know that Jesus Christ paid the debt, it is finished and stand upon his word by faith. Healing's on its way. Victory's on its way. Because it's according to his word. Romans 8.2 says, For the law of the spirit of life of Jesus Christ hath made us, made us free from the law of sin and death. Just moving on here in the book of Revelations. It says, and he came and took the book. This is Revelations 5, 7. He came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, my, it was such a beautiful story unfolds there. You see the, the 24 elders. Oh, they just fall down and they start to worship. They throw down their crowns. The four beasts, they all uh, start to worship John began to worship. Oh, all of the heavens, all of the earth could hear John start to worship. Look, if anybody can worship, it's the bride of Jesus Christ. Come on. To be living in the hour of the fullness of redemption, knowing that in a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, we all can be changed. The seals have been opened. Christ has been revealed. The whole plan has been opened and we are the beneficiary of it. The scripture says he seeketh those to worship him in spirit and in truth. We have the truth. Oh, of all people, we can rejoice and say, worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb to receive glory, to receive honor. Worthy is the Lamb. Lord, you're worthy of my life. You're worthy of my worship. I'm going to pour out my heart. I'm going to worship you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to give you my all. I'm going to worship you and praise you. Oh, if the Spirit moves upon you and it makes you speak in tongues, if it makes you dance, I don't care whatever it did. Just surrender your life. Let the Holy Spirit move upon you. Rejoice. Serve the Lord. Surrender your all to Oh, and I, they, they weren't all staunchy up there. When he came and took the book, they'd be like, oh, praise the Lord. He finally did it. Worthy is the Lamb, brothers. Come on. They knew what was in that book. Their names were in that book. 
Your name was in that book. John saw that. The prophet said, oh, John must have known that his name was in there. And when that book was taken, it was his redemption. It was your redemption. When you come to the revelation of the message, oh my, there should come forth such a joy, such a praise, such a surrendering of your life. That you're willing to go where he'll tell you to go. Willing to quit your job because it's making you work while the church has service. Well, it got quiet. I'm just talking about serving the Lamb. The one mighty in battle. The one that shows up here on Wednesdays and Sundays to talk to you. But we're too busy making a living. Sometimes we got a little pride to deal with. Because we, us men, we think we're the ones getting the paycheck. We think it's our ability, it's our strength, and it's our health. That we go get a job, we punch a clock, and we magically get a check that shows up in the mail on Friday. Look, if, if, if you're living under that kind of system, you're in bondage. But the scripture says if you seek him first, you put him first, he's going to take care of everything else. And by a divine revelation, if you wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to go to the house of God. The prophet said, whenever those doors are open, I'm going to be there. My job doesn't let me be there, so I'm quitting my job and I'm going on with Jesus. Well, yeah, if you don't do it by faith, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to have less faith and not a job. But if it's by faith, is there anybody in here with faith? Last time I checked, faith was a gift of God. Lest any man could boast. He said, the, now, the life that I'm now living, I'm living by the faith of who? The Son of God. It's not your faith. It's His faith. And if I can just have a mustard seed of His faith, then all things are possible. Come on now, all things are possible. Oh, you've been in the same routine time and time again. I'm telling you, sons, it's time to claim your inheritance. It's time to be a Caleb and say, give me my mountain. I'm going to the house of God. I'm going to worship because worthy is the Lamb. He's worthy of my life. He's worthy of all the praise. He's worthy of all the honor. And I'm going to surrender all for him because he's worthy. Oh, but we're so busy bowing down to Satan's eating. Letting him run his show through our life. Oh, oh, I can't wait. Little by little, church. Line upon line, precept upon precept. Message upon message. I'm telling you, any moment we're going to be gone. We're going in a body change. When that last one comes in, we hear it all the time. We're waiting for that last one and we ain't doing anything to find them. Just waiting for the last one to come in. Well, are you looking for him? <laughs> are you, 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 you know, you're hiding and ducking everybody at the grocery store? They really, the only thing they can tell different about you is that you're wearing a dress or you got long hair. There ain't no joy in your life. There ain't no victory in your life. Come on now. I'm talking about a victorious church. Amen. One that has come in contact with the Lamb. Amen. Oh my, it changes you. You can never be the same. Oh, that book, that, that was the book of redemption. We know the mystery of the whole book lays within the revelation of the seals. From Genesis to Revelation, it's the complete plan of redemption. I'm sure we got a little bit of time, right? It's not midnight for about four hours. 
bring in the new year. Amen. Let's just keep going a little while. All right, no one said nothing. Maybe we'll just... uh, That's my cue, Brother Tim. That's my cue. All right. Let me rephrase that. Let me try to find a place to stop. Is that better? All right. I just want to, this book of redemption we're talking about, I just want to, 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 to uh, go a little further and show how redemption takes two parts. You know, even when you look at the Bible, you see the Old Testament, the New Testament, you have law, grace, you have a coming out and a going into. And as you look at this type, as Brother Bradham mentioned, the perfect type and the children of Israel going in the Exodus, when you look at Moses, who represented the law, bringing the children out of Egypt. And we know that Joshua represents grace or the Holy Spirit that took them into the land of promise to possess their inheritance. But when it came time for the Exodus, when it came time for the Exodus, what did God do? God sent a prophet with a message, vindicated him by signs and wonders and a pillar of fire. So we see a pattern. Right? If God does something one way, He does it that way every time. But He sent a prophet with a message, He vindicated him with signs and wonders and a pillar of fire. But before they could even leave the world, before they could even get out of Egypt, what did they have to do? The blood had to be applied. That lamb had to be slain. And that blood had to be struck on the doorpost. Knowing that that was a type of the kinsman redeemer. But oh, praise God, this one that came and took the book. You know, in the, in the, in the, in the law, and the shadows and the types, you know, that life that was in the blood couldn't come back on the believer. But the life that was in the blood of the kinsman redeemer can come back upon you. Oh, hallelujah, the scripture says, but if that spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwell in you, it shall quicken your mortal bodies. That was made by the purchase price of the blood of Jesus Christ and that life now comes back upon the believer. Oh, hallelujah. In the token, the prophet says, and when I see the token, I'll pass over you. It's a sign. It's a sign that the price has been paid. Jesus paid the price and you receive it from him, holding the token in your hand. You have an assurance of, re- of resurrection. You have the assurance that everything you have need of in this journey is provided in that token of his suffering at Calvary where he met the price of every curse that could be put on you. That token speaks peace. Amen. There is no devil that can stand before it. There is nothing that can stand before it because God has accepted it and you hold the token in your hand. The price has been paid. Oh, when you come under the blood of Jesus Christ and you're born again by receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost and old things pass away, all things come new. Look, there's no devil that can stand before you as long as you're standing upon the word of God and you're possessor of the abstract title deed. Oh, you can ask for anything according to your faith and it shall be. That's what the scripture says. Oh, when you meet Jesus Christ, it changes you. I'm reminded of the woman at the well. You know, think about it. She, she had had five husbands and I can't imagine the, the type of bondage that she was in. The, the, and living in that time. It ain't like today. Right. It's not like a trophy. Like, man, you've had four, I've had five. <laughs> That's what it feels like. Yeah. I mean, now I, I don't even... 
Maybe they don't call it marriage anymore. The world's so messed up, you don't even know what's being married anymore. So we'll just move on. You know, this whatever gender, this or that. But my, they can't keep it together. Why? There's no God in their life. But in that time, there was laws and there was order. You know, if you were caught in adultery or, or you were caught, caught living wrong, you got stoned for it. And here this, this, this lady's living under all this bondage. Uh, no doubt she had a terrible life and, and the one she was living with now wasn't even her husband. And here she is, an outcast. She's coming down to the well at a different time, a different season. Yeah. And here she comes to the well. And little does she know she's coming into contact with Jesus Christ, the fullness of the word. We know the prophets had a portion of the word. But here stood the fullness of the word, the Godhead bodily in a man, the kinsman redeemer. Oh, and you know how the conversation goes on about uh, give me a drink of water. He said, if, if, if you knew the waters I had, oh, you'd ask a drink from me. And then he starts to discern the thoughts and intents of her heart. And she was enough of a believer to know the scripture. She said, you know, I know that when Messiah comes, he'll tell us these things. And when he spoke those words, I am he, all of a sudden there was a, 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 something transpired in her life. There was a predestinated seed on the inside of her. And when he said, I am he, that seed was quickened alive. And all of a sudden, she couldn't contain it anymore. She started to run back into the city. She said, hey, hey, y'all. Oh, my goodness. Guess what? Come see a man who's told me everything that I have ever done. You see, when you come and meet the kinsman redeemer, he'll take your reproach and he'll make it a testimony. I don't care what you've gone through. I don't care how far sin has taken you. But when you come to know Jesus Christ and the power of resurrection, he takes all of your baggage. He takes all of your sin. He takes all of the bad stories and everything that you've ever done and he makes it a testimony. That's how powerful my God is. Oh, the devil must hate that. You mean all of that stuff I got them doing all them years? They're not ashamed of it? No, because I met a God that was bigger than all the stuff you put me through. His name is Jesus Christ, the one that conquered you and took the keys from your own house from you. Oh, that's the God we're serving. That's the kinsman redeemer that took the book. That's the one who loosed the seven seals. Hallelujah. I'm worshiping him. And that life that was in him is coming back upon the believer and you're a possessor of eternal life. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we will try to find a place to stop. So. Praise the Lord. Church, you don't have to go another day, another day. You don't have to go another year with the same problems. I don't care what it is. I don't care how many prayer lines you've been. I don't care how many times you've been to the altar. We've heard a time. Why not tonight? Why not tonight? Maybe tonight is the night you hear, I am he. I'm the one that's been fighting your battles. I'm the one that's been keeping you. I'm the one that's been paying your bills. I'm the one that shed his blood and paid the price for your redemption. I am he and I'm here tonight that you could be a holder of the abstract to the title deed, the Holy Ghost. 
Oh, I, 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 what, what, what really in my heart, I, I, I even struggle sometimes on how to convey it. But, but I feel uh, in the message, look, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, is, it's a journey. It can be a process. You know, if you're, in a, if you're in a process of justification, you're believing the Lord, and you're going through a place of sanctification in your life, if it's true justification or if it's true sanctification, it's God the one that's working it out in your life. But so many times in our hearts, if we're struggling with the question or we don't feel maybe we've come all the way to the place of being a holder of the abstract title deed that you've been sealed with the Holy Ghost because you think, see things in your life that you're still struggling with. But oh my, if you say that around a group of message believers that you don't got the Holy Ghost, you feel like an outcast. It's like, man, I ain't got the badge. I'm not in. Come on. It's true. Look, there becomes as, 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 you know, as... God has blessed us and the message has grown and our churches have grown. You know, when, 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 when I was at my, you know, my dad's my pastor, when, when I was in the youth group, there was three of us. And before I joined the youth group, there was two of them, my brothers. You know, there wasn't no riding the fence in my youth group. I couldn't ride the fence. I couldn't just get along. I couldn't go to the youth group and, and hang out and have my little click over here where we kind of talked about the, the trendy music of the day, you know, the, the new, uh, the new uh, 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 you know, Christian music, Christian rock, Christian this or that. You know, you know how you guys could gravitate towards the people, people kind of like this style or this or that. No, man. You know, there wasn't no, there, you couldn't ride the fence. You were either in or out. But man, they knew where I was at. It's not like... I was an outcast. But you know when it came time for it to be a real deal, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost? Hey man, everybody knew it. I still think back to the day of, of it, it. It just so happened it was the same night of our annual church meetings and, and God had done a supernatural work in my life before, before anybody even showed up for the meetings. Uh, just God had met me personally and changed my life in such a, a supernatural event where old things passed away, all things became new. I was a new creature. I didn't have the same desires. I didn't have the same habits because I was a new person. Right. Old things passed away. And I remember standing there at my house and oh, uh, Sister Shoal came in and, and Sister Linda and certain ones that came in and they're like, man... He seems happy. What's different about this guy? Maybe God's doing something for him. It's like, hey, no, God's already done it. You know, if you're going through through a process in your life, look, if you're dealing with justification, if you believe, but you're seeing uh, things of the world still in your life, look, come on, look, let's let's settle the question tonight. Right. Let's become a possessor of eternal life. You're not guaranteed next year. You're not guaranteed next hour, but what you are guaranteed is right now. Why don't we be like Mary and say, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Oh, we'll just invite the musicians. Just find a place to settle down here. But John 14, you know, says, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Mark 16 says, And these shines shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. And they shall speak with tongues, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Look, that can be tonight. Right. Be it according to your faith. 
We're here standing upon the promised word. And the Holy Ghost is here to confirm what he promised. Look, don't let it pass another day. Don't let it go another hour. But settle it tonight. Let tonight be the night. Don't go another day. Don't go another year. Oh, the Holy Ghost is here to confirm the promise. Maybe we can just end on this. Brother Branham said, full obedience to the whole word of God entitles you to the token. Entitles you to the Holy Ghost. The whole word of God, not a portion. Just as John was given his message, the same time the Messiah come in those days, John knew he would see him because he was going to introduce him. We realize that in the scriptures over here in Malachi 4, there's to be one like John and Elijah to whom the word of God would come to. And he is to reveal by the Holy Spirit all the mysteries of God and restore the faith of the children back to the faith of the apostolic fathers. Restore back all these mysteries that's been probed at through these denominational years. Now that's what the word says. I'm just responsible for what it says. See, it's written. That's right. That's what it is. Now we see that the seven-sealed book now is the mystery of redemption. It's a book of redemption from God. Now all the mysteries at this time should be finished at the sounding of this messenger. Now here's an angel on earth, another angel. Mighty messenger, come down, see the angel was an earthly messenger. But here comes down from heaven a rainbow covenant. See, only Christ it could be. Oh my, praise God for a message. Praise God for Malachi 4, 5. Look, there's only one message that could turn your heart. We were all bound going to hell. Maybe some of us were caught up in religion. Maybe some of us were caught up in denominational systems. Maybe some of us were caught up in message religion. Living on the, uh, uh, on the testimony of our mommy and daddies. Going to the church house and going to the youth groups and, and just tagging along thinking that we're okay. But no, the message has to come to you personally and say, I am he. Behold, I send you, Elijah. And what does the message do? It turns your heart. Something takes place. There's a transformation that happens. And all of a sudden your heart is turned back towards the truth. It's turned back towards the word. And he says, full obedience to the whole word of God entitles you to the token. I'm so thankful that we've received a message. And according to Revelations 10, 7, we have the fullness of the word word again. And you have a right. You have a right a promise from God that you can be a holder of the abstract to the title deed. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as they play something. You can be a possessor of eternal life. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Whosoever eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I'll raise him up at the last days. When a man has said that he believes the word, this is out of the rising of the sun. When a man has said that he believes the word and then when the Holy Spirit comes, it is the abstract to the title. And that gives you permission. When you have the abstract, that every bit of that belongs to you and everything on it belongs to you. Amen. And that gives us the abstract. When the Holy Ghost comes upon this title deed that God saw back yonder before the foundation of the world, and put a name on the book of life but was born through man and woman and subject to sin and guilty of sin but when I believe on it I receive the deed but when the Holy Ghost come 
It was the abstract that everything against me, whether my mother had done it, my father had done it, my grandmother had done it. Come on. Now watch this next portion right here. Like the little epileptic child I prayed for a few minutes ago that come through from the grandparents. The epilepsy fell down upon the child. I said, but when the abstract come, it struck it off. Oh, baby, Satan's trying to tell you, oh, it's genetics. It's been passed down from your grandparents. It's been passed down from your parents. This is just the way it's going to be. You've always struggled with it, or maybe it's a a, a sickness. Uh, Maybe it's something uh, uh, genetic. The abstract, the Holy Ghost is here to strike it off. You don't have to live that way anymore. It struck it off and omitted everything. I'm an abstract holder then, amen. And as sure as the spirit that raised Christ from the dead, I have an abstract deed that I'm part of that body. With the abstract of the Holy Ghost making that body of the word live out just exactly like it did in him, as promised in the last day. The abstract, all my sins are struck off. All your sins are struck out. By the blood of Jesus Christ and the Holy Ghost come as an abstract to the title deed. That give God, that God give me by grace and by foreknowledge. What you scared about? Come on now. What you scared about? No wonder he said, Fear not. I am he that was dead and alive again, and am I alive forevermore, and have the keys of death, hell, and the grave. Don't worry about nothing. Even death ain't going to hurt you. What you scared about? What you worried about? What did he say? I haven't come to bring you fear and failure. But I have come to bring you love, courage, and ability. All my power is yours to use. You speak the word and I'll perform it. Is there anybody here that has a need? Is there anybody, somebody here that needs deliverance? Is there somebody here that say, God, I want the abstract. I want the Holy Ghost. I want it to be struck off. Oh, you can have what you ask for. Because the price has been paid and the kinsman redeemer has come forth to give you what you have needed. Precious Lord Jesus, we just bow our heads, Lord. Lord, how we love you and thank you for your grace, Lord, and your mercy. Lord, your plan of redemption is so beautiful. It's the greatest love story that man could ever know. Lord, and when we just start to think of how we're a part of it, we're not on the outside looking in, but we're the the very apple of your eye. We're the the very center of the whole story. Is that you would have a bride without spot or wrinkle. Lord, and to think that you would even predestinate us that we couldn't fall in this last times that you would take us into a body change and into a rapture. Lord, we just want to lay aside all of our indifferences, all of our iniquities, Lord. Lord, and there's needs that are represented here. People have a need to be baptized with the Holy Ghost to become an abstract holder. Lord, there's sicknesses and lies that the devil has put on your children, Lord. We believe that you're here, Lord, to do battle and deliver them from it. We're just asking you now to move upon your congregation. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. To help you bring all your needs to
Bring on.